You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Rob Anderson and Jason Brown. All right, all right, all right. It is Thursday. We are live from the very sunny yeah. Officers and Leaders It is conference. right in here. I, I returned my sweet shades. I, you, you were good. Uh, well, you know, I was disappointed in that. I was hoping you would keep them on. Yeah. I tell you, it's like we moved from the studio to a live production, and it's right. like, man, it's a thing. We need to do this more often. Yeah. And we I mean, just have people gather right where, in here. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, thanks for the warning, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> We should have gotten you a pair, maybe a visor this is or very something. Much a last minute deal, so <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we talked about it last week. Brian uh, has like a thousand jobs here, mm-hmm. uh, and we pulled him in last minute uh, in the midst of everything else to get uh, to produce the show today. So thank you, uh, Mr. Pistol. Thank you. Yeah. Are you Glad to be here? You heavily medicated? Are you all right down there? Hey, you okay? Not yet. Yeah. All right. Not yet. That's later. Um, I'm wearing these sunglasses because our friends from Jenkins Enterprises are here uh, showing off some of the incredible uh, Farm Bureau branded items that they have. I see a pullover, a vest, uh, men's polos, women's polos, hats, coffee mugs, a stuffed bear. I mean, just yeah. tons of stuff, including these super sweet uh, sunglasses. So. Yeah. Thanks to them for coming out and joining us here. I will remove them now because I bet Dr. DQ Fields would not appreciate me interviewing. That's right. We have a special (laughs) we have a special guest today, and that's going to be exciting. You're going to be talking to Dr. DQ Fields. Yeah, he's here um, today for the event. Uh, He is giving not only joining us here on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but be giving an address from uh, the main stage during the general session this afternoon. So very very glad to have him here. We're going to talk about. Um, some some of the things he's proud of at the university, some some of his vision and where he sees the university programs moving, and we'll probably have a little fun too, if I had to guess. And we did. Do we introduce him properly? Do we t- say uh, for our audience out there who? No, we did not. Uh, Doctor <laughs> DQ Fields. Yeah. He is. Uh, he is the. the recent- vi- Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, he's the vice president, DQ Fields uh, the third, uh, actually, the vice president of agriculture for the University of Arkansas system. Um, so, yeah. That's right. He's been on a tour around the state, he was telling me about. So, I'm glad we could get him here. Yeah, and we're definitely keeping him busy today. So Well, uh, again, we're here in our new trade show booth. At yeah, we kind of buried the lead there. Yeah. It's, uh, if you enjoy the background, it's part of our new booth. Um but uh, enough uh, prattle, I guess. We're going back and forth here, but we've got a special guest, so let's get quickly into the news. Sure. Uh, we want to leave plenty of time for our interview. Uh, well, as everyone is well aware, the state has been dealing with a heat wave and drought conditions. Uh, when I was driving in yesterday, it was like 106, I think. Oh, my here. gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's having an impact across agriculture. Uh, and, and taking note of this, Governor Asa Hutchinson recently sent a letter to USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack requesting a secretarial disaster declaration. Mm. He was citing the hottest temperatures in 10 years, uh, drought throughout the state, and predictions for more heat. He described the problems with hay production and increases in irrigation levels, which means increases in production costs. Of course. And equipment stress. 
as well as wildfire dangers. Uh, so there's a lot of problems here, and in this effort, he's trying to get ahead of the problems and ensure some assistance uh, from the government in the days and months ahead. Yeah. So. Well, good good news there. Uh, trying to get some relief mm-hmm. for for farmers. We've seen increasing an increasing number of stories. Uh, each day, honestly, yeah, on, on the struggles between the drought and the temperatures. And Shaley Wallace in our office was out uh, yesterday, in fact, getting a story about the, the impact on some of the livestock. Good to know. Industry. So be on, the lookout, uh, yeah. be on the lookout for that. Well, uh, transitioning to broadband, a, a, a topic um, that we are, uh, have made a top priority at Arkansas Farm Bureau for a long while, especially over the last several months as funding and activity comes to the state. And this week we want to share some exciting news uh, from our team. Arkansas Farm Bureau has been announced as a founding member of the Arkansas Connectivity Coalition, joining more than 15 local organizations committed to expanding Internet access in the state. Uh, The group, which is convened by Heartland Ford, was created to support state and local community plans and secure the federal dollars needed to expand access and ensure high-speed internet is more accessible and affordable across the state. The coalition is made up of nonprofits, advocacy organizations, thought leaders, and philanthropies, including the Arkansas Black Mayors Association, Arkansas Community Foundation, Arkansas Electric Cooperatives, Inc., Arkansas Farm Bureau, Arkansas Impact Philanthropy, Communities Unlimited, Diamond State Networks, Ford, Arkansas, Holman Strategies, Runway Group, University of Arkansas Department of Communications, Arkansas System Division of Agriculture, uh, Winrock International, and Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation. The first major effort of the coalition is the launch of Accelerate Arkansas, uh, which will provide local leadership teams with expert support in developing broadband visions and implementation plans for their communities as new infrastructure dollars are made available through the historic passage of the federal infrastructure program, as well as by the state. Um, Side note, um, Miss Angie Cooper, I believe, from uh, Heartland Forward will be here at Officers and Leaders tomorrow to present more um, to our group uh, about this coalition and what they're working to, to achieve. Yeah. Well, uh, how about we take a quick break, uh, learn how to how you can be a champion uh, for your community. Your Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports our work on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and rural communities around the state. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships to hunger relief and disaster support and much more. You can make a difference and be a champion for your community. Join today at ARFB.com. All right, did you know that a $40 excuse me, annual ARFB membership contributes to the work being done in your local community? And also, uh, the ag- agriculture advocacy work we do at the state and national level. Your membership truly matters for farmers and communities across the state. Now let's get back to the news. All right, go ahead. Yeah, it is me. Uh, well... We talked earlier about uh, Governor Hutchinson's effort to get a disaster declaration from USDA Secretary Vilsack, but now I've got something else uh, from USDA. It's a new funding opportunity. USDA recently announced some big investments in supporting urban agriculture, including $43.1 million for grants and cooperative agreements and six new urban county committees to help deliver key USDA programs to urban producers. According to the official announcement, 
Those action, these actions support USDA's efforts to strengthen the food supply chain and transform the food system to be fairer, more competitive, and more resilient. Specifically, USDA is investing $10.2 million in new cooperative agreements to expand compost and food waste reduction efforts, and $14.2 million in new grants to support the development of urban agriculture and innovative production projects. Additionally, $18.7 million will fund 75 worthy grant proposals from the 2021 application cycle. According to the USDA, these investments build on the Food Systems Transformation Framework, which they recently unveiled. The framework aims to build a more resilient food supply chain, make nutrition, nutritious food more accessible and affordable, and help create wealth and opportunity for small towns and underserved communities. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great program. and There may be some opportunities for people to apply for some funding for interesting projects. Yeah, certainly. So look into that. If, if you fit the bill here and, and, and think that you may be eligible for some of those funds, uh, please make the time to look into that. All right. Well, uh, I've got all broadband news today, yeah. I guess. So uh, in more broadband news. I have USDA, you have broadband. Yeah, there, there we go. Uh, from the state this week, we officially have a director of broadband in Arkansas. Arkansas Secretary of Commerce Mike Preston announced last week that Glenn Howey uh, has been named the state's new director of broadband. Howey comes from the Commerce Department, uh, comes to the Commerce Department, rather, from Louisiana's Office of Broadband Development and Connectivity. He'll begin his role on August 1st. As broadband director, Howey will advise the governor and the Secretary of Commerce on key issues related to the deployment of broadband throughout Arkansas. He'll lead the agency's effort for broadband and oversee a three-year plan to provide broadband access to 110,000 underserved households throughout all areas of the state. Uh, as senior policy analyst for Louisiana for the Louisiana Office of Broadband Development and Connectivity, how he helped form and implement Louisiana's broadband policy in regard to access, affordability, digital literacy, and inclusion, as well as the development of regulatory rules regarding Louisiana's first $177 million broadband infrastructure grant program. Louisiana was one of the first four states in the country to have its funds, fund plans approved by the U.S. Treasury Department. Uh, the state also ranked first in the country in enrollment in the Federal Affordable Connectivity Program relative to eligible households and was recognized for its stakeholder engagement efforts by the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. Yeah, sounds like uh, we got a strong leader there. Yeah, uh, uh, I was talking to Stanley Hill about this the other day, this announcement, and you know he brought up an important point. This is one of the, the aspects that came from our Connectivity Summit back in September was the need for this um, broadband director, someone who, as we put it, casually somebody who wakes up every day thinking about broadband right. and connectivity in the state and i think so we, our team specifically is really excited to see this um development uh on those lines and and and, and welcome certainly yeah um the new director glenn howie uh to the state well speaking of welcoming uh it is time to talk to dr dq fields that it uh, is. I'm going to step away as we welcome Dr. Fields. Should to I? The, do you think I should reserve? Set. Yeah. Do you think I should offer him? Uh, yeah. Good luck. With that. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, thanks, Rob. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week back in the studio. 
All right, we we are filling up. If you notice the background noise uh, here in the lobby of the uh, Rogers Convention Center, uh, it's really starting to fill in here. The program doesn't actually kick off until one o'clock today, uh, but we've had we've got a lot of a lot going on. Of course, we've got the trade show booth, we've got some interactive things going on for folks who are attending the conference. We've got a we're right across from registration, the general session. Um, we've got Jenkins Enterprises here, show, as, as I mentioned before, showing off some things. So, um, also sounds like maybe Santa Claus is entering the room. I hear a lot of jingling in my in my headphones. So, uh, welcome, though, Dr. Uh, DQ Fields. Uh, that's a heck of an intro. I apologize for <laughs> goofing off right off the bat. I can't be trusted. Uh, I'll offer you in, in case you need these. I don't know. No, I think I'm good. You'll, you'll pass. Rob yeah. thought you might. So, <laughs> well, thanks for joining us here on the Arkansas AgCast. Um, I don't know how much you know about the AgCast, but this is a program, um, a weekly podcast focused on news headlines that matter to farmers, and we generally have a little fun too. And every once in a while, we'll have a special guest, and today that's you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So. We'll just dig right into it. I know you've got a busy schedule today, and I don't want to keep you too long. So uh, you're new to your to this role, um, but not new to the university and certainly not new to the agriculture industry. Uh, I'd just love for you to share a bit about your background and make you what makes you well-suited to take on the, uh, your new role. Sure. Well, you know, I grew up uh, around agriculture, uh, definitely grew up on a farm there, had cattle and was charged at 12 years old with restarting our cattle herd. So wow, gave me the, the first chance to understand some of those ups and downs in agribusiness. Also, you know, um, been part of multiple universities that are land-grant universities from 1890s at Southern University and Florida and m University. Mm-hmm. Then worked at uh, Auburn University and went to school at Mizzou and LSU. So uh, just um, a broad background related to the land grant, and I feel like I'm a product of the land grant system. Yeah, for sure. Well, just a, a little bit about, so for if you're listening, if you're a producer listening, or, or not a producer, we talked a, we've talked several weeks now about the oncoming drought, which I think could probably be considered a full-on drought now in the hot temperatures. As a, growing up as a livestock producer starting at the age of 12, can you give us a, a, a little bit of insight of what those producers or uh, those ranchers are dealing with right now? Well, you know, you're dealing with um, worrying about the animals for one thing in this type of temperature, in these type mm-hmm. of temperatures, but really, you know, where do, where do your forages come from? You know, when you don't have uh, water to keep them growing and, you know, and, and it's you're, you're dealing with the decision of uh, when to sell and when to hold on to it and when that's your livelihood. So yeah. uh, just a challenge right now of, of figuring out what to do and it's, you know, if, if we get rain, it's one decision. If we don't, it's another. You know, especially with hay production being down a tremendous amount, you can um, expect higher cost uh, for feeding those animals during the winter also. Yeah. So, and, and I know some of this, and I, we won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but so I know we've talked a little bit about the quality of the hay crop. I don't think many people got to even finish the second cutting. Um just curious, will that continue to impact us in the winter, in the cold months? Certainly, certainly. You know, that's you know we we cut now for for later, so it, yeah, you know it's going to be definitely something that'll impact. It also impacts revenue for a lot of cattle farmers who use hay as a you know supplemental income as well. So yeah, okay. Well, good to know. We'll we'll certainly keep an eye on that story and and uh, as we as we move on through the year. All right, I've got another question for you. Mm-hmm. So, what are some 
achievements from the university as it applies to agriculture and, and you know, your department sure. um, that you're particularly proud to share? Yeah, well, you know, I, I got to University of Arkansas and kind of did some riding around the state and realized how few students we had coming from all parts of the state. So mm-hmm. spent some time and, and tried to figure out a way to get students from eastern Arkansas. And so we were really excited to kind of increase our student numbers, but more so increase those student numbers from eastern Arkansas and other parts of the state where we had uh, lower representation. Um, we were able to, I, I set a goal when I first got there, we, we were doing about $640,000 in scholarships, set a five-year goal to do a million, and we did that in three years. So wow. really proud of being able to do that. And that's a testament to the support we have from our alumni and, and also our industry stakeholders to support our scholarships. Um, we also had the Friar Center come on, which is um, a center that's based in Ag Econ. And, you know, that center is... Um, the largest individual gift that the college has ever received of $10 million yeah. to start that Friar Center. And, you know, that center has really been able to serve the needs of our growers in, in the state, addressing issues related to risk, which is, you know, what agriculture is all about. And, and also the last thing, uh, we were able to get an MOA sign between the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville, mm-hmm. and UADA. So that's something oh, nice. we've worked on for a couple of years, and being able to get that, that agreement uh, completely um, signed was, was a big deal for us. Well, good. Congratulations on those things. I'm just curious. Um, I've talked to other, other ag program leaders uh, from around the state and beyond, and they, I'm always surprised to hear that of the number of uh, female students who are within that program. Do y'all experience that? In in most cases, I think you'll have more female students than male students. Is that something that y'all? We're experiencing the same thing. Really? The only, um, I think one of the only departments where that isn't the case is in our agribusiness uh, program. So Mm -hmm. it's it's about uh, 40, 60 in the other direction, but the majority of them are 60, 40 females. Really? And it's, you know, uh, our animal science programs, things like that, we'll have a a large number of female students there. so that's just um, a phenomenon. It's a good thing to, to have that diversity in within the within the college. Sure. Well, encouraging for me. I'm a girl dad. My my daughter's only six years old, but very encouraging to see uh, to see and be able to share that with her um, for you know as encouragement that you know um, she you know, there is a future in, in agriculture. We, we expect to see her in the Bumpers College someday <laughs> soon. <so. laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I've got another question for you. It's kind of thinking about your vision uh, for the new role and the functions that you'll lead. I, you've already named off some incredible achievements that you guys have. So I'm sure those are part of your vision. But is there anything else that you haven't talked about that along those lines? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that, you know, done a lot of great things. And, and the UADA is, has a, a good program going. But I think one of our big things is being able to tell that story. Yeah. And be able to communicate with people what we actually do and, and, and kind of share our accomplishments a, a, in a different way. Also, collaborate differently. You know, I think that one of our, our big uh, areas that we can gain on is how we work with our industry partners better, how we work with mm-hmm. other universities and, and look at how we, you know, compete better for federal resources and leverage the resources that we currently have. So going to be looking at, you know, a, um, a different pro- approach to establishing new collaborations of uh, state and federal level uh, to leverage some resources. So that's, that's going to be a, a big deal. And, and relationships, you know, we're, yeah. you know, building and, and maintaining relationships, I think, um, will pay big dividends for the division of ag in the yeah. future. Yeah. 
That's a good one. And, and talking about that, the ability to to be more mindful of resources and things like that. I, I think it will be music music to a lot of folks' ears. Sure. All right, I've, I've made you talk business long enough. We'll have a little bit of fun. So you, you talked about basically you've done a, a little mini tour of the SEC in your career. So mm-hmm. i got to ask, are you still rooting for any of those SEC schools or, yeah, or how I'm, I'm all razor backs all the time. So it's, it's been a company and, man. You know, I, you know, I've, I've, if wherever I've been, the teams have been really successful and I've kind of given myself some of the credit for the success well, that the Razorbacks have had. Give them credit where it's yeah, due. Yeah, I think so I come here and then all teams in the top 10, you know, I think that, you know, that's a testament to you know yeah. me, me coming here and having some encouragement to that athletic side. I agree. <laughs> Listen, I agree. Uh, Coach Pittman, if you're listening right now, <clears throat> If we can get a sideline pass for my man, Doctor Fields, I think that would, uh, I think that would do do some good and keep keep us on that right track. Oh yeah. So and actually, my son was a walk on with with the uh, Razorbacks uh, for a couple of years and yeah. you know, got to know Coach Pittman pretty well and great guy and has really done a lot for the program and you know just about every program there has been successful. So um, pulling for the Razorbacks, you know it. That, that drives our enrollment. That drives a lot of things. With, sure, you know, it's a good marketing program for the for the university. Definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, we're going to be here for a few days. Uh, we've got officers and leaders, and they're right following. Starting at lunch tomorrow, we'll launch right into our young farmers and ranchers. For those of us who are watching us and and and, and listening right now, can you tell? Us, I know we're going to have some hungry farmers. I know we're going to have some some folks looking to get out and eat. Do you have a, a dinner recommendation or two? Well, you know, I, I'll say that, you know, uh, there's a restaurant here that's, that's owned by one of our bumpers alone. That's Theo's, so it's not far Theo's, from Theo's, okay. Yeah. So that's that's a good one. Um, I'm, I'm a steak person, so I go All where there's right. a good steak. You know, I'm a cattle grower, so you got to support that industry. <laughs> so, I mean, Is that at Theo's? Go, Do they have a steak they have at a, Theo's? a really good ribeye there and a good oh, filet. So, um, also, wherever you go, make sure you get some, some rice on the plate. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all grateful for that. Yeah. All right, I, you just brought up a question. i got to let you go, but you've, you just brought up a question. I like to ask every cattle grower I talk to this question. You, you mentioned two cuts of steak. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I have a side on this. I won't share. Mm-hmm. What is the best cut of steak? On any given day, so it's a ribeye for me. I'm, I'm a ribeye man all the way. So. My man, <laughs> my man. I just told somebody this the other day. You, stop believing in the fillet. That is that ribeye. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, you agree, Brian? Oh, oh yeah. All Definitely. right. Bone-in ribeye for me. It's oh good. man, <laughs> it's good. I, I found a bone-in ribeye at Kroger. Uh, over the weekend, and I put that thing on the smoker for about an hour, and then seared it up. You oh guys my make gosh! It right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost lunch, and you still got to right. go give a presentation. Yeah, that's, right. So. that's right. All right. Well, Doctor DQ Fields, thank you so much for joining us on the Arkansas Access. Yeah. Yep. All, right, All right, guys. Well, uh, we will certainly be back in studio next Thursday at our regular time of two p.m. And um, yeah, hope to see you there. And uh, yeah. If we're here, we'll come up, tell Rob and I or Brian, hello. We'd love to know if you listen, if you watch, how you like to how you like to take in the podcast. Rob, any anything else? Just saying if you well, if you couldn't hear me, tell them folks yeah. if you listen or watch us, come tell yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. We'd like to hear that. We'd like to know what you want to hear too. One of the folks uh, who are having a hard time hearing us in their tractor with audio level, I didn't share yeah. this with you. Mm-hmm. They actually came up to me earlier yeah. today and said, Hey, the volume's way better. I can tell. All right. I'm glad we did. 
I'm yeah. glad we've taken care of that. Yeah. Thank you so, for that. Uh, that's, well, that's good to know. Yeah, so that wraps up the news for this week, and thanks yeah. to everybody. Thanks again to Dr. Fields. Uh, it's a tough act to follow, so yeah. I'll just come in and say he, goodbye, basically. He was he great, was as always. Yeah. I put him in the hot seat, and he handled it with grace. Uh, it, thanks for following along with the Arkansas iCast. We're grateful for you uh, to you for taking the time to watch and listen every week. And uh, remember, you can catch the live stream every Thursday at 2 p.m., usually on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you turn in, uh, turn on those notifications so you get alerts when we do go live uh, or post. Listen to the audio version later on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Arkansas iCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau, hosted by me, Jason Brown. And Rob Anderson. And our show is produced by Brian Pistole and Mr. Matthew Magafrau. We will see you next week. See you, everybody.